Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, running nerds, it's Kyle Merber. And if you're listening to this podcast and there's a high likelihood that you love track and field, in that case, I encourage you to subscribe to the Lap Count newsletter. It's my newsletter, helping fans stay up to date with all the thrilling action and biggest stories in the world of track and field, delivered right to your inbox every Wednesday morning. It's free. It takes less than a minute to sign up at thelapcount.com, and I think you'll enjoy it. Here's this week's newsletter read by Chris Chavez. Before we get into it, this week's newsletter is presented by New Balance. New Balance is excited to share that the 2024 New Balance Nationals will return to Boston from March 7th to March 10th. The best in high school track and field will compete at the track at New Balance and the Reggie Lewis Track and Athletic Center. And New Balance is pleased to announce six new NIL signings. Allie Zeeland, who finished second at Foot Locker Cross Country and second at the USATF Cross Country U20 Championships. Layla Campbell, the 2023 New Balance Nationals 100-meter champion. Bethany McCulloch, who finished second at the high school Cross Country Nationals and has run 437 for the mile. Clay Shively, the Kansas Cross Country State Champion. Marcus Riley, who has run 150 for 800 and 345 for 1500 meters. And Brianna Selby, the New Balance Nationals 60-meter champion. You can catch all the best high schoolers competing at New Balance Nationals March 7th to 10th. Boston's going to be the place to be that weekend for track and field. Lap 151. You get an NIL and you get an NIL. The Altitude Conversion Debate Part 50. Here we go again. For my money, there is no greater tradition in sports than running fans losing their minds over some NCAA altitude conversions. So big thanks to Nico Young, who ran 357.33 for the mile on Friday night at Northern Arizona's Lumberjack Challenge inside the dome that hosts an oversized track just below 7,000 feet because the calculator is spitting out that that is worth a 348.71 mile and reactions are predictably not universally chill. This conversion has made a lot of people very angry and is widely regarded as a bad move. But is it? Well, two years ago, Young ran 402 at the same meet, and that time was converted to 354. At the time, I defended the effort and the conversion given my own experience sucking for air at altitude and other athletes backing up their own debated performance. Well, one week later, Young ran 356 at the University of Washington, Not quite the full value of the conversion, but fast and close enough for Jazz. Using the historical data from 2022 to extrapolate an estimate, then it's fair to say that Young is in at least 350-something shape, meaning Cooper Tier's collegiate record of 350.39 might be within reach. The challenge at these speeds is quite literally the speed. To run 348 means averaging 56.8 seconds each quarter, and that's getting into a realm of middle distance running where it's more than just aerobic fitness. However, this is a guy who ran 737 for 3K and 1322 last month at the same meet. He's fit and has undervalued wheels. 
Currently, the top five men's times in the NCA mile are all altitude conversions, and NAU's Maggie Condon's 440.34 is the top women's seed being valued at 430.16. For these athletes, there's not much incentive to prove their conversions at sea level, unless they think that they can run better at a place like BU. And speaking of, the first look that we'll get at a post-348 Nico Young will be in the 5K at BU Terrier this weekend. If Grand Blanks' 5,000-meter mark goes down, how do we feel about those conversions? Rest in peace, Sean Barber. Getting up now to the uh, possible medal height, really. Sean to see Barber, this brilliant young Canadian, just 21 years of age, personal best this year of 5.91. This is 5.91. Oh, and he goes clear. And the significance of that is that four men before him, including La Villani, have failed. He's over first time, 5.90. This man, the Canadian, has come away with a well-deserved gold medal. The outstanding young Canadian, what a year he's had. Multiple Canadian records, and now he's world champion. Sean Barber passed away at his home in Texas last Wednesday at 29 years old due to health complications. The pole vault star won the 2015 World Championships and competed in the 2016 Olympics for Canada. While competing for the University of Akron, Barber won three NCAA titles. He once said, Everyone wants to be the best, and it just depends on who puts in the time and effort into it and who comes out on top at the end of the day. It's a very pure sport, and it's very easy to measure. It takes a little bit of craziness sometimes to do it, and not everyone can handle it. Our deepest sympathies to his family, friends, and teammates. Crunching the numbers, yards to meters. I don't know where she's been since the gun. We mentioned she was third in the country last year in the 800. That is Michaela Rose, the junior from LSU, and she will be out front. She'll be followed by Jones. There's a reason Michaela Rose broke a 42-year-old NCAA record, and that's because she might be the first person to race the 600-yard dash in 42 years. The other reason is that the NCAA 800-meter champion is exceptionally good at running. The LSU senior ran 116.76 at the Lubbock Invitational at Texas Tech, a track measured in meters, which begs the question, why? The nice part of running a distance no one can quantify without a calculator is that it takes the pressure off. Good thing I have a calculator, and I got a B-minus in calculus. If you extrapolate that pace for another 52 meters, it's worth about a 124 flat, just shy of a thing Mo's American record of 123.57. USA Cross Country Championships. Free trip to Serbia. Well, so much promise and promotion after his stellar career at the University of Oregon. The move to the Bowerman Track Club. Now the move to the East Coast back to his collegiate coaching roots. And he starts 2024 with a USA Cross Country Championship. Cooper Tier takes the victory. Don't let it being an Olympic year distract you from the fact that it is also a world cross country year. Look, there wasn't an abundance of noise about the U.S. cross country championships this year, and that's because we are distracted. Is it possible that running a 10K over grass in January will impact how one performs in July at the Olympic trials? Probably not, but it's not just about one half hour run. It's the training and travel surrounding it. A lot is going on in 2024, and therefore, fields were a bit more sparse than normal. 
with athletes having to choose their own adventure in the way that they approach the season. And since the Olympics trump all, the marathon trials and the sound running 10K will attract the majority of athletes' affection. But still, the U.S. championships were a qualifying event with the top six finishers earning a bid to the world championships in Serbia on March 30th. Ten weeks is enough time to get a stress fracture, some PRP shots, a lobotomy, and still show up to the start of your A-race in shape. This was a predictable problem, so maybe USATF should have gone with a more European-style team selection. If there was ever a year to name a portion of the athletes to the World Cross Country team by committee, then this would have been the one to do it. But we're American, and we love a good trial, be it OJ Simpson's, Gwyneth Paltrow's, or the Olympic Marathon team selecting one. It's not necessarily where World Cross Country fits in the schedule that is the issue. It was this qualifying race specifically. Surely, if spots were offered to Alicia Monson and Grant Fisher to bypass this race in Virginia and instead get a direct flight to Serbia, maybe they'd consider it. So credit where credit is due. Having a full schedule did not prevent Wayne Kalati from showing up one week after setting the American record in the half marathon. Her legs must have recovered quickly because this was a glorified tempo. Kalati finished 21st at Worlds last year and is committed to returning to improve on it after struggling with some injuries in the lead-up to that race. Rounding out the qualifiers, if they choose to go, will be a team of international rookies led by Emma Hurley, Katie Camarena, Ali Ostrander, Callie Logue, and Abby Nichols. Okay, maybe my above suggestion that more athletes would be willing to race internationally if they didn't have to run the qualifier is not a perfect solution. That's because the men's champion, Cooper Tier, has already shared that he will not be competing at Worlds. The goal coming in for him seems to have been to get a huge boost of confidence in his first race back training under coach Ben Thomas out of Virginia Tech. Coincidentally, Cole Hawker skipped World Indoors in Serbia during the 2022 season, so Ben Thomas, if you're reading this, let the boys go to Serbia. This meet is a qualifier in nature, though it is also a national championship, and it should be appreciated when an athlete shows up to win one of those. Tier's last cross-country race was a struggle across the finish line at the 2021 NCAA Cross-Country Championship, so yes, this was some sweet redemption. With a couple of kilometers left, it looked like a triathlete might steal the whole thing, which had me conflicted. Like, we should be rooting for the pure runners to win the running races, right? Granted, Morgan Pearson has run 61 minutes for the half marathon, but if he's suddenly better at running than all of the runners, what does this mean for us? Like, do we have to start smelling like chlorine and going bankrupt buying bike gear too. The former buff finished fourth but will not be heading to Belgrade as he's already qualified for Paris in the triathlon. So with those two opting out, the team will likely include Anthony Rotech, Ahmed Mohamed, Emmanuel Bohr, Christian Allen, Reed Buchanan, and Anthony Camareri. And before you can email me, Reed Buchanan is running the marathon trials, which further invalidates the earlier point that I was trying to make. You're killing me, Christian and Reed. The Boston University circuit. I think we'll see, I think we'll see split heats. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to see split heats. And it's, I mean, just like I said, there's so many bodies that honestly, I don't know how. I think you're just you can have a good you can have good races just splitting the fields. You know, yeah. Like it just it seems like uh, otherwise, like uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to justify who's not in <laughs> one <laughs> one of those races, right? And like I don't I don't envy Jordan's job at all. Um, I mean, they, they get so many bodies come into these races that know, know this track is so super fast. And so, um, you know, they, I think they have a lot of, they have a very hard ask, a lot of coaches calling and asking and wanting to get their guys in this race or that race. And, 
um, we're just we're happy to be there. I'm happy to have all my guys there, and hopefully um, the the fields are. I think everybody will look at the fields and say, "Yeah, it's uh, it's fair across the board. Like these are. It doesn't matter which which section you're in. This is going to be fast." In last week's Coffee Club podcast, the blokes played a fun game of drafting teams of the best four meets on the calendar. In my opinion, Joe Klecker had the best lineup, led by a strong first pick with the Oslo Diamond League. They encourage listeners to draft their own teams, and I think I can win this whole thing exclusively in one city. The Boston Marathon, Indoor Heps at Harvard, New Balance Nationals, that's a sponsor plug, and literally any meet at Boston University. The Terrier Invitational is set for this weekend, and the main event is the men's 5,000 meters Friday night on Flow Track with a subscription. Except in this case, the fields are so deep that they will be split into two, with Woody Kincaid and Abdihamid Nur in one, and Yard Nagus and Joe Klecker in another. As you may imagine, this has certain participants of the Sidious Mac group chat up in arms. Hint, it's Mac and Scott Fobble. A knee-jerk reaction would have you cursing the meat directors for taking such action. Well, it's not their fault that the entire system, as put in place by World Athletics, is to use the indoor season to chase times. The stated goal for a majority of the athletes is to achieve the Olympic standard of 13 minutes and 5 seconds, not to break records or to win. A well-paced race run on a less congested track makes that easier. In theory, these competitors are also going to be working as teammates for the first 4,600 meters anyway, as they take turns pushing the pace and closing gaps because one other guy getting the standard doesn't block anyone else out. There is a surplus of men capable of running the time entered. And if too many are there, then it inevitably becomes a very long train to ride. It is therefore in the coach's interest to split the heats up. And Boston University is happy to do so because they'd like to continue being the go-to track for time trials. The influx of entrants to next year's meet after 20 guys break 13 minutes this weekend will probably double BU's endowment. Right now, there is more money to be made from entry fees than there is from sponsorships or TV dollars. And that is the conundrum in the system. World Athletics is not requiring that its product is built for entertainment. These types of meets exist as a means to an end, and if some races just happen to be fun to watch, then that's a nice bonus. And so let me concisely sum up the issue with modern track and field. More fans will experience a record-breaking performance as a graphic on the internet than will actually watch the race live. If this were a professional-only meet, then there would have been a few broken hearts and upset agents since certain athletes are left on the outside looking in. It has been suggested by this newsletter before that college athletes and professionals should not be intertwined, and in this case, that might mean that the likes of Stanford's Kai Robinson and NAU's Nico Young do not run in the fastest heats despite their fitness to do so, and that would be the collateral damage of professionalizing the sport. Now, there is a solution for collegians wronged by this line being drawn in the sand, and that is to become a professional. Instead, we're damned to split heats and complaining about a lack of a clear-cut professional track season. Here's hoping this entire discussion will be nullified once we witness the glory of someone running stupid quick. The women's field isn't so large that it'll need to be divided into two heats. However, Alicia Monson will be rabbiting her teammate Josette Norris, Rachel Smith, Courtney Wayman, and a strong Ethiopian contingent. In this week's newsletter, Kyle chats with Natasha Rogers. In 2012, as a junior at Texas A&M, Natasha Rogers followed up her NCAA 10K title with a second-place finish at the U.S. Olympic Trials despite a mid-race fall. Although her time of 31.59 did not qualify her for the Games, Running fans took immediate appreciation of her talent. A decade later, 
She finally qualified to represent the United States at a global championships at the 10,000 meters in Eugene. And then in 2023, representing her current sponsor and club, Puma Elite, she did it again, this time doubling in the 5K and 10K at the World Championships in Budapest. Rogers qualified for the Olympic trials via the half marathon and now holds a personal best of one hour, nine minutes, and 36 seconds. The marathon trials will be her debut at the distance. Given Molly Seidel's success in her debut at the 2020 trials, I wanted to hear about Natasha's foray into the new distance and how training was going. So to hear this conversation, we will upload it as a separate episode of the Sidious Mag podcast. You can also read it now at thelapcount.com. The audio version will be out tomorrow. Here's what else you need to know from this past week. Well, it did not last very long. Georgetown freshman Tenota Matsada broke the collegiate 1,000-meter record that Texas's Yusuf Bizimana had set the previous week, running 218.05. If you're not familiar with Matsada, then you will be soon. As a high schooler, he won the New Balance Nationals 800-meter title both indoors and outdoors, and graduated with a personal best of 147.61 for 800 meters and 358.70 for the mile. The men's Boston Marathon field has been announced and the premier matchup will be defending champion Evans Chibet versus Cisse Lemma, who ran two hours, one minute and 48 seconds this past December to win the Valencia Marathon. The race will serve as an unofficial Olympic qualifier for some international athletes proving their fitness in what will be their last opportunity to sway selecting committees in their favor. Tashome McConan has signed a contract with On just ahead of the marathon trials, which is a good reminder because he's a sleeper pick that you should be considering. He became eligible to represent the United States in December 2022 and has a marathon personal best of 2 hours, 10 minutes, and 16 seconds from this year in Berlin after going out in 1 hour and 2 minutes. So it was a death march towards the end, but he still finished as the top American. The men's Wanamaker mile field is out with a real possibility of a world record. That currently stands at 3 minutes, 47 seconds, 0.01. It's good to see a smaller field for this one. And if I can just win this weekend's Dr. Sander Invitational, then there will be room for one more. You can watch the Dr. Sander Invitational Saturday from 12 p.m. Eastern Time to 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Peacock or USATF.TV with a subscription. Huntington University's Addie Wiley has signed a professional contract with Adidas. She has a personal best of 157 for 800 meters and the collegiate 1500 meter record of 359. Wiley will continue to be coached by Lauren Johnson. Over the past couple of weeks, so many people have put Gabby Rooker down as their dark horse pick that it may no longer be a fair label. We did an interview on SidiousMag.com that gives you a good insight as to why that is the case. So check it out at SidiousMag.com and kudos to Owen Corbett for putting it together. Thanks so much to New Balance for sponsoring this week's newsletter. It's been amazing to witness all the buzz and excitement from the high schoolers following the NIL signings. There can't possibly be more, can there? This has been Chris Chavez reading Kyle Merber's The Lap Count newsletter. You can get it in your inbox every Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time by signing up at thelapcount.com for free. We will see you guys next week.